listening to www.infinitesmile.org. Enjoy these Zen-inspired talks given by Michael McAllister. Thank you for listening. The Infinite Smile Sangha is made possible by the generosity of friends, members, and people who have been touched by this teaching. Please visit our donations page at infinitesmile.org to help us continue our efforts in spreading the Dharma. There's something so interesting about the effect of really cold air and leaves falling off the trees. To me, it's just just this beautiful divine reminder of rebirth, you know, in the throes of kind of cleaning out, letting, letting go of all the stuff that is no longer needed. That, of course, coupled with houses like mine that are now lit like used car parking lots. <laughs> can, uh, can really be a source of joy. This season always, it quite literally, always reminds me of like a, a, a new beginning as we go into the darkest time just on the other side it starts getting light and there's something about it that just seems so filled with grace I don't know I don't know not that there isn't any time that's not filled with grace it's all grace all of this is spirit in action. But just the reminder to our circumstantial way of being can be really profound. I was also reminded today, made to feel quite warm, when one of our Sangha members from Munich is going to make it out for our January retreat. That was kind of nice to... Uh, to see, kind of a transatlantic and then transcontinental journey just to hang with the infinite smile, you know? <laughs> it's only a one day or two, yeah. That's practice. That's dedication. But also, from this this uh, Munich extension of the Infinite Smile song guy was given a a link to a uh, a YouTube piece that I thought was maybe one of the most beautiful things I have seen in weeks, except for my wife and daughter. They're pretty cool, but uh, just this unbelievable conscious expression of joy where this young man and his girlfriend over the course of 14 months went to 42 different countries and it, it's a quite simply a video of this guy doing this little jig okay, and people dancing with him and he starts it off in Mumbai 
and he ends it, I believe it's in the last shot is in the Netherlands, although I'm not sure of that, but all over the world doing the same dance. And it is absolutely hilarious, hilarious to the point of bringing tears to your eyes because it's conscious joy being expressed so fully, so willfully <laughs> that all the people that are around him join in. So as much as there is horror and tragedy, and we're probably reminded of that at least at a rate of six to one, make sure you, make sure you remember that one. <laughs> Make sure you recognize that uh, the dance of this experience, the dance of this thing we call life, comes from a place that is totally beyond name and form. It comes from a place that is beyond your conception of truth. It comes from a place that is pure, unadulterated, open joy. And so being able to tap into that allows us to live lives that are expressions of integrity, of purity, of wonder, of innocence, and of wisdom, kindness and compassion. And one of the ways we can practice being there in that place without trying to be a good person, trying to be a bodhisattva, trying to be a saint, one of the simple, simple things we can do is sit, sit still, and then allow ourselves full expression silently. When we can actually sit and we are not caught by anything, we are in a space of uh, non-seeking mind. When we're not seeking. When there's nothing about the experience of sitting that is personal. When it's literally about being open to what is. When we start seeing that even our pain even our pain supports us fully in meeting this life with total consciousness. Being conscious of our pain is just perfect. Being conscious of our sense of glory, of our sense of victory, being conscious of whatever is happening is that birth place. It is that birthplace, it is that source for an awakened life. And from that source, nothing needs to be healed. Nothing needs to be done. We just show up. We just show up to this life. 
and dance. I once heard when I was starting out this practice that this work was about not taking anything personally. That we could measure our depth of awakening by how little we take things personally. Not just affronts and attacks, but all things. And while it was kind of confusing at first, I think there's some tremendous validity to looking at this experience in that exact way. If any of us has any inkling of the world or people coming at us, threatening to take something from us, threatening us with loss of one thing or another, then we can kind of understand how we've established personhood and that personhood is bound, it is bound to be upset, dislodged, threatened. Uh, so what is it that leaves us in this space of, uh, of, of the personal? And quite simply, it's, it's actually very elemental. We will create an experience around us, okay, that defends us from the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. We'll create that and build upon it as we grow. We go from being little babies where everything is an extension of this pure, radiant consciousness. And then we suddenly realize, wait a minute, when I slam my head into the chair, there is suffering, there is pain here. In other words, there is an out there and an in here, and my interior experience is different. I can tell the difference. I can tell the difference between the, uh, the gate on my crib and my index finger. I'm, I'm getting to watch this from the front row right now as it kind of, mm-hmm. kind of happens with my little daughter. She's really being able to distinguish and, distinguish and differentiate. And as that happens, the ego begins to then take over. And the gift of that egoic awareness is that it allows for us to have structure to our being. That this structure actually begins to scaffold, if you will, a place for us to, to we quite literally build a self. And the self attains. The self attains knowledge. The self attains um, a, a sense of what is right and wrong. It's got an ethical pattern that it goes through. It's just really beautiful, these stages of development, fearlessness, uh, uh, you know, all the way up to integrity. You know, hopefully we get to that place of integrity before we croak. Croak means to die. Yeah, well, it depends. Yeah. 
but the but the point here is is quite simply that what we aren't looking for as we evolve, we are not looking to become more childlike. We're looking to allow for the scaffolding to come crashing down consciously. We look for it to come crashing down consciously. And this allows us to imbue our childlike radiance and innocence with wisdom, with compassion and care. Then we can get from the personal, which is all about structure, to the impersonal. And in the impersonal, nothing needs to be fixed. Everything is already once and forever healed. It is prior to time. It is eternal. And this doesn't mean it lasts forever. That puts it into time. It means it's before even getting into that flow. And while this may not make sense to the mind, remember, the mind is personal. It's like trying to explain algebra to a three-year-old. And before you take offense at that last comment, know that you can learn algebra. Know that with practice, you can play anything on the piano. Know that with practice that this realization very naturally occurs. In fact, I would, I would hazard a guess most of you are here because you've seen something. You've got a sense of something. The most difficult point in our practice is when we start to realize that we've been hiding. We may even hide in the practice. We may hide in practices that we do. We may hide in a number of different ways. But what are we hiding from? We're hiding from the truth of what we are. We're running as fast as we can away from the very thing we, we should indeed open ourselves to. And that is the radical nature of the impersonal. One of the best ways we can do this is to feel like we need to heal. That something's broken. Something's just not right. And while on the one hand, that's probably what got us here, certainly what got me into spiritual work, we start to see that it's not real. That when push comes to shove, when we get to the truth of what we are and we fearlessly allow it to be, whatever it is, to show up how, in whatever form, when we allow for that to happen, we allow for us to see what is true about what we are, we are doing nothing other than standing in the clear light of infinity. And what do we see? We see ourselves. We see what's true. And that's devastating. 
That's devastating to structure. That's devastating to the personal. The personal cannot handle that. And it'll work really hard to make sure that that doesn't occur. And it'll be sneaky about it. It will live and breathe as a seeker. When non-seeking is what's required, it will live and breathe as a self, a fixed sense of self with an identity with a mask that it decorates beautifully to fool the world because it is too afraid to let what's underneath the mask get revealed. Um, as many of you know, my, my Dharma talks, uh, I try to let them be as spontaneous as possible and, uh, uh, tonight I decided I would let um, my baby girl and the dog uh, try to tell me what this talk was supposed to be about and um, they started having a kissing war in my office when I was kind of staring at you know I'm trying to have a little bit of peace and quiet trying to figure out huh, what should I talk about tonight I've got some books in front of me and so forth and they went crashing into my bookshelf and down flew um, a collection of poems by Thich Nhat Hanh called Call Me By My True Names. And Cade, when it hit the ground, she said, uh-oh. So I figured, let's see what she's got here. Uh, I opened it up and uh, I, it shocked me. I, I, I was almost in tears because this is a poem that I read in uh, Thailand when I was uh, when I was studying in Thailand um, just a miracle that it, I just opened it up to this page and it wasn't marked or anything I don't know that I've even ever opened this book up but anyway uh, Thich Nhat Hanh says I will say I want it all if you ask me, how much do I want, I'll tell you that I want it all. This morning, you and I and all men are flowing into the marvelous stream of oneness. Small pieces of imagination as we are, we have come a long way to find ourselves, and for ourselves in the dark, the illusion of emancipation. This morning, my brother is back from his long adventure. He kneels before the altar, his eyes full of tears. His soul is longing for a shore to set anchor at, a yearning I once had. Let him kneel there and weep. Let him cry his heart out. Let him have his refuge there for a thousand years, enough to dry all of his tears. One night, I will come and set fire to his shelter, the small cottage on the hill. My fire will destroy everything and remove his only life raft after a shipwreck. In the utmost anguish of his soul, the shell will break. The light of the burning hut will witness his glorious deliverance. I will wait for him beside the burning cottage. Tears will run down my cheeks. 
I will be there to contemplate his new being as I hold his hands in mine and ask him how much he wants. He will smile and say that he wants it all, just as I did. All sorts of different ways of interpreting this poem. But I think it's a rather basic and brutal way of saying there's nowhere to hide if you get into this. If you really get into this, you're not looking for a way out of anything. You're not looking for an escape. You're looking to face it all, to not avoid anything. And in so doing, what gets burned away is the cottage of personhood. It's the cottage. It is the structure. It is the scaffolding that keeps us as a self. It's the barrier. It's the wall. Undoing that. Letting that wall crumble. Letting that cottage burn is what we do in here. And it's not always comfortable. Usually funny, but not always comfortable. And so my wish for each of you may sound like a strange one. I hope it hurts like hell. And be present for all of it. And then report back when that happens. When you're able to face it all. Face it all. Report back. You'll be amazed. loving way, honestly. Any questions? Yeah, Philip. Not so much a question, it's actually a remark about your book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your book, you talked about a man who had so many things, and then his ego was massive, and everything got taken away, and you saw him again at a coffee shop, mm-hmm. and he had been awakened. Yeah, he uh, he's a special soul. He's an absolutely special soul, and it was through his, it was through the disaster, that he kept pushing away and pushing away, which ultimately made it worse and more profound. Um, that this really beautiful thing happened. That he and he was still okay, you know, and so. I think maybe a really neat sidebar to what you're commenting on, Phil, is that stop pushing it away. Stop pushing what's real away. Yeah. Because it won't be so bad. You don't have to go through torture. You don't have to. I mean, you can if you want. But 
You don't have to. You just have to be present for all of it, no matter what it feels like. And my sense is, most often, there's a lot of, uh, lot of discomfort, either emotionally or physically or something like that. Be there for it. Practice with it. That doesn't mean wallow. That would be an error. Just stop running. Just rest. Rest in the face of all of it. Thanks for bringing him up, though. Yeah, yeah John. In the <clears throat> vein of just do it, just surrender, just let go. I feel a little bit like I'm, you know, the, the ship is ready for the storm. Every bit of chain, string, twine is lashed everything to the deck. And I'm I'm like a cramped knot. Yeah. And to just let go, it just doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's like yeah. I'm holding the scaffold to the building. Right. Or, you know, holding the roller coaster to the top of the track. Right. And it, you know, I, I, in some part of my brain, I can say I'm ready to let go. But, you know, in some part of my brain, it's, you know, and I'm just... Uh, I don't know if I have a question. Um, I could ask, is that resistance? Is that, you know, What do you think? Yeah. Good. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, and it, it, the cool thing, though, is, if I can interrupt you for two seconds, the, the roller coaster is going to come down. The storm is going to be bigger than you can handle. Right. I mean, it feels like life and death. Yeah. Right. And, and it's that. It is, the, it is death. Six inches above the ground at 20 miles an hour. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. Like on a skateboard? Well, I, bicycle. Yeah. My bicycle. <laughs> <laughs> I used to wake up with that dream. Right. Right. Well, so, I mean, here's the, uh, I mean, there's good news and bad news, and I'll give you the bad news first. And the, the bad news is, yes, that's what it's like. Mm-hmm. Every one of those metaphors is apt, Okay. The, now the good news. Um, you'll make it. It's powder snow and not asphalt. <laughs> well, well, it may be asphalt first. You know, it may be maybe asphalt first. But what it what it strips away is the stuff you don't need. Okay, and as you can you can remember through your life all the the moments of real suffering that you've had. It's done something really mystical for you. It's either shrunk you or opened you. And chances are it's done both. The openings tend to uh, the openings tend to show up more readily if we really study our experience. And so the, the uh, process towards awakening is to really allow for the, the knees to get ultimately skinned, okay? But it may not hurt as bad as your mind would have you believe. How do you convince the mind that? You can't, <laughs> because the mind is the problem. It's like I'm playing that hand slapping game yeah. with myself, <laughs> and, and I can't get far enough behind to win. Right, right, right. And so, really, what you're talking, or head or 
think well think about this is I mean you've got you've got it but based on what you're saying here is you've got this split right one hand right. Uh, which one's the right the correct hand that's where your freedom is your freedom is in that space that you just had right there that not no, I don't I don't know yes because the knowing the surety the conviction that's the stuff that I mean that's the mortar of an attachment that's the mortar of the wall the 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 wall that we've built the scaffolding not knowing is closest and if you can practice small all right just practice small with little things surrendering to the little things of life that you normally wouldn't want to surrender to start there um and take heart in the fact that every single awakened being has gone through this. Every one of them has gone through exactly what you're going through. Same fear, same wonder, same demand, same no, same, uh, you know, all of it. Every single. Do they all have that same voice? It's yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> sure they did. Sure they did. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, what you're talking about is the, is the ego not wanting to see what's beyond it. Why would it want to let, why would it want to let the universe see itself through you? What does that do to it? It diminishes its capacity for any real, real work. And there comes a point where the the roller coaster is just too heavy, where the you know the the, the storm is just too big. Well, well, it's almost like there's something in me that that triggered at some point that said, "This roller coaster is going to crash if I don't do something." Uh huh. And and it and it's brought me to places like this, uh -huh. you know, hoping that you all would trick me into thinking it's. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> well, let me tell you what we will give you. Uh, we will not trick you, but what we will do is compassionately tell you that it's okay to be everything that you are. Because I know you give that permission to everybody else here. And this is the beauty of Sangha. The beauty of Sangha is that we all do this together. This is community. This is where we all share in this process. And we hold each other to a very high standard, even though we might not go out and have beers with each other afterwards. We hold each other to a very high standard, which is, I'm here to awaken in this life. And I am so damn glad you are sitting right there next to me. You matter. More important than you mattering, that in you which is real, that in you which is true, is a reflection of my own reality and my own truth. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, if the storm breaks and it's more than you can bear and you say, okay, I totally give up, crashes on you, you sit there and watch it crash on you and do whatever it's doing, then what happens? Participate fully in the swimming out of it. In other words, you're, this isn't about giving in. 
This isn't about just, oh, you know. On the contrary, it's about engaging fully from a place of total openness to whatever the outcome might be. But you're participating fully. You're leaning into the, the experience with tenderness, with care. Rather, rather than, and there's, that's a really, th- I really appreciate you bringing this up because I think there's a common mistake that uh, whenever disaster, and when I say disaster, by the way, I don't always mean a negative thing. It's not always something that's negative. A disaster can be um, um, something that's quite beautiful and we recognize that it doesn't annihilate us. I think Rilke said something, a beautiful poem about that and I can't remember it, but you know, this, this disaster that befalls is just an invitation for us to be very present. And being very present doesn't limit us. In fact, it expands our choices. It multiplies our choices because we don't have necessarily an outcome that must occur. And so as a result, there's a certain uh, participatory relevance that comes from a deeply impersonal approach to being, if that makes any sense. It's that it, it's, not, it's not about, you know, here's what we must do so this can happen. It's like, you know what? Here's the reality. Here's this present moment. I'm going to participate in it fully, hoping that I get there, but if I don't, that's okay. You can, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's not necessarily the way it'll happen. But it is, it, what is necessarily the way it'll happen is the more we can practice being okay in the face of the chaos without clinging and without resisting, the more we can keep clarity informing our activity. So that we're when we, for instance, start consciously coming from that place that is before all befores and prior to all priors, when we start coming at the world from a deeply impersonal space, you know, in those moments, what happens? Well, the quality of our now is huge. And what happens from the now is what our minds call the future our futures become imbued with a deeper presence in every single now. So the quality of our, our, our lives, it, it's, it's immeasurably uh, uh, larger in a larger context, a more infinite, spacious way of being. And, and from there, you don't have that thing called fear. You don't have that thing called identity. You don't have that thing. Not that you don't have them, but they don't, rather, I should say, they don't have you. (laughs) Imagine that. Yeah. Yeah, sure. 
through the turmoil, the weaknesses, um, where I see the weakness, the fear. Um, and when I'm mindful, when is it that I catch the fear? How long does it travel? And the longer it travels, the more pain and suffering I have. So, how does one, what is it, is it go back? I'm kind of teaching myself here. 10,000 hours and then it's really short fuse and grab it. Yeah, or you could go, you could take, it wouldn't take 10,000 hours, it would just take a moment. Mm-hmm. Now it would be reverse direction. You can watch where the fear will take you, but my sense is you and everybody else in this room is pretty practiced in that. Look at the source of the fear, and you'll find the source of the eye. And when you find the source of the eye, welcome. Yeah, there's, there's true opening there. The source of the sense we call I. That's freedom. At least just try it out, you know. Kimmy, did you have your hand up? Or were you? I was just waiting for you to say freedom. Freedom. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Like William Wallace? Like Braveheart? Just yell it out there. Freedom? <laughs> yeah. That's actually it. That's, um, <laughs> that's pretty much what we want more than anything else. And it's not that our lives are bad, but what would it be like not to feel caught, not to feel like we have to carry the weight or batten down the deck, you know, batten the hatches, and, you know, what would it feel like? What would that feel like? And, and, and when you arrive there, you'll, you'll, you'll write a book. leg, he stepped on a mine in World War II, right. lost a son, a 34-year-old 30, uh, son, is, learned that his daughter was gay, and for them, he was born a long time ago, that was... It's a big uh, issue. You know. Right. And his favorite sister, my mom, died, his wife died, and I said, how do you do it, Uncle, Uncle Label? How are you always so happy? He said, I, I just don't look back. It's over. I don't look back. I got a girlfriend. <laughs> I play pinochle every day at the senior citizens. I just have a good time today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, they, I sure think that there's something to be said for Uncle Abel there. That's uh, Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Yeah. They, you know, it, it's so so much. So much of this is just that. It's attitude. But it's also, I would, I would add a little component to it. It's, it's attitude with, mixed with a little bit of openness and fortitude. Because, I mean, my sense is the way you describe him, I would love to meet that guy. I mean, he just seemed like kind of just one of these just radiant beings that, you know, kind of, they, uh, yeah. they, they, they smile with light effortlessly. Knew him, yeah. Talked to him. 
Right. I was thinking about in the paper a couple weeks ago, Jack Lane asked him, how, how do you keep so healthy? Guess what? He said, see, I don't look back. Yeah. You live in the moment. Because the, the present moment is a present. And that way everything's a gift.